podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We're on our journey, if you remember, to Easter. Remember, we're looking at some of the key events um, in chronological order of Jesus' ministry. We started with his baptism um, and so much has happened already as we've gone through the scriptures. And we're going to pick up the story today on the shore of Lake Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee, as you perhaps know it. By this point, though, Jesus has already clearly shown that he is no ordinary man. Yes, he is a man, but also he is fully God. He's fully man, but also he is fully God. He's performed to this point where we're at today, and today is going to be miracle number five, but he's already performed four miracles in total. He turned the water into wine at the wedding banquet. He also healed the official son, and we saw that a few weeks ago. He also has driven out a demon out of a man. And also he's healed Peter's mother-in-law, Simon Peter, who we met a few weeks ago. And today, as I say, number five happens. We're going to see in this account that we're going to read from Luke chapter five, we're going to see faith and obedience in action. And we're also going to learn a really valuable lesson for us as Christians about order. Where is our priority? What are our priorities on a day to day? And if you were going to put a scale together of one to ten, one being the most important, ten being the least important, what happens from one through ten? And where are the things that are really important? Where are they in that spectrum? This account helps us to gain perspective and to realise, God willing, who is worth our focus. So we're going to have a look at Luke chapter 5 and verse 1 through 11. I'm reading as always from my NIV Bible and it says this, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding round him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. So they signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. 
From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for your word today. We pray, Lord, that you would just speak into our hearts. Father, that we would just be attentive to what you've got to say. I pray, Lord, that you would use me, that you'll speak through me. And Father, as we enjoy just coming together around your word, as we enjoy just coming together and worshipping, very different at these times. Nevertheless, Lord, we're together with one voice bringing praise and worship to you. We just pray, Lord, that you would help us that you would guide us, that you would strengthen us, that you would give us, give us this moment that we might just reset, we might refresh, and we might be ready to step. Lord, we just thank you again for this opportunity. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So what I want to do first of all, as we've read that account, I want to just try and gain a little bit of perspective. Those that are, um, are able to come along to, to Hope Church and have done for a number of years know full well that I like to put myself in the story. That's how I learn best. That's how, I, uh, how my brain functions. I have to put myself in the moment. And this is one of those accounts where the moment, I guess, is, well, we all know the feeling. We're a little bit tired. We've had a full day at work or in this instance, a full night shift. We're exhausted. It's probably been a full 12 hour stint. The last thing we want to do is anything but what's already in our mind. And that usually is grab something to eat, get your feet up, however that comes about. It's very difficult to try and change your mindset when that's what you're focused on. At the end of a day or the end of a, a working shift, and perhaps not been a great day, one that you're desperate maybe even to forget, you're just in that moment where I just want to get cleared up and I just want to go. Just get cleared up. Maybe that's hand over to the next shift, whether that's to clear the bits that are on your desk, whether that's to finish off the job that's maybe on the ramp. Just get it done and then we can get home. In this moment, we find this position where Peter and his friends are experiencing this very thing right now. They're in a moment of clearing and tidying, and the last thing they want to do is more work. Now, I know that that is the same boat that I would be in, no pun intended there, but that's exactly where I'd want to be. Don't want any more work, I just want to go home, let alone undo things that I've already tidied away. Simon Peter and his colleagues, some that we know and some that Jesus, of course, knew, would be James and John. And what happens in this account is they're busy doing the tidying up. They've done a day's work or a night's work. They've not had a great shift at all. And Jesus comes onto the shore, the shore of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret, and there's a crowd following him. Jesus is teaching as he walks along. He gets to the edge of the water and of course we know don't we that water is a, a great place if you want um, noise to travel then just being a little bit out from the shore is a great position a position to be if you want to preach if you want to teach you want to if you've got a crowd around you rather than trying to shout in amongst the hustle and bustle of people around Jesus on the shore 
he thinks, well, I'll get into a boat, I'll push out from shore a little bit, that way I've got everybody's attention and everybody will be, be able to hear me. The problem is, is the two boats that Jesus sees, one of them belongs to Simon Peter. And of course, as we've already said, they're packing up. <laughs> they're ready to go home. Jesus, in this moment, he gets into a boat. It just happens to be Simon Peter's. Now, again, popping yourself in the story, I would be in a position that if somebody got into my friend's boat, I'd be like, I'm so glad he's got into yours. He's not in mine. You better go because I'm, I'm busy doing this and then I'm off, buddy. I'm hungry. I'm tired. So uh, you go sort him and we'll get this tidied out. You can imagine there's a bit of nudging and a bit of sniggering between the lads as, as they're, they're in a moment where they just want to go home. But listen what happens in verse three as we've read the account. He got into the one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Now we can see that that's exactly what Simon Peter did. He saw what was going off. He'd seen the crowd. He realised, of course, that it was Jesus. And he allows Jesus to get in his boat and he pushes out a little from shore. He's obviously gathered his nets together because we'll read on from the account. He's got himself sorted. He's got in the boat and he's going to push out a little from shore. Peter also probably knew that sound travels real well over water and he understood what Jesus was doing. And he was willing to put what he was doing to one side and focus on what Jesus needed. And um, that's a really good lesson straight away. He was willing to put what he was doing to one side and focus on what the Lord needed. Um, and that's exactly what he did. And as he pushed out from the shore, Jesus began to preach and to teach. And those around the, 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 the water's edge were listening. And of course, Simon and his friends in the vicinity would have too heard what Jesus was saying. When Jesus had finished teaching, Simon Peter, I can only imagine, must have thought, and I know you wouldn't think like this, but phew, it's time to go home. Sometimes we can find ourselves in a moment when we're maybe listening to the word of God and we think, you know, I'm just ready to go home. I'm just ready to, to just focus on something else for a minute. I'm just, I need to do A, B, C and D. We can have so many things ploughing through our head. And I'm not saying that's exactly where Simon Peter was. I'm just putting myself how I would be in this position. Like it's been a busy night fishing. We've caught nothing. We have got back to shore. We have washed our nets. Now Jesus has got in my boat. The only thing I can do is help him. So I'm going to push out from shore a little bit with him. He's preaching, he's teaching, he's now done. My mind is, it's time to go home. Of course it is. Let's be real. These are real people in real moments. And then we get verse four. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. <sighs> Can you imagine? Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. 
Simon, everything must have gone through Simon's head, through through Peter's mind. Like, no, <laughs> I just want to go home. It's already longer than I anticipated. I've already tidied up once. I've already washed my nets once. I don't want to be doing it again. Well, listen, Jesus, we've fished all night and we've caught nothing. You've got to remember as well that Peter and his colleagues, they were fishermen. They knew what they were doing. They knew when the best time to fish was. It certainly wasn't in the heat of the day. Again, we know, don't we, because the fish are driven down because of the heat of the sun. They're nowhere near the surface. In his mind, he must have thought, please, no. But of course, you have to listen, actually, to what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't say, let's go out into deep water and fish. He doesn't say that. He says, let's go out into deep water for a catch. Now, Peter, in these moments, has heard what Jesus has said. And, and listen then to his response. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. He says this. Simon answered, verse 5, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Now, that's perspective. Peter's saying, look, I'm sceptical because we fished all night and we know when to fish. We know the right time to fish. We know the places where the fish will be. This is our livelihood. This is our job. We know. But listen, he says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Because you say so, Jesus, I will let down the nets. Because you say, then we'll do. Because you say then it's worth doing. Why? Well, because I've heard what you've said. We're not going to fish. We're going for a catch. I've heard what you've said and I've applied it. So I'm listening and I'm putting it into action. Jesus poses the, 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 the command in such a way that if Peter was listening, he would have heard it. And we talked about listening last week and I mentioned sometimes we can hear, but we're not really listening. And you'd easily read over that. You'd easily miss what Jesus has said there. We're not going to fish, Peter. We're going to catch. And Peter's listened. And Peter's understood and he said, but because you say so, then we'll go for it. This church is obedience in action. It's obedience to the master. Peter does fishing for a living. It's who he is. If somebody were to say, oh, what do you do? I'm a fisherman. It explains him. He, he knows who he is. His identity at this point is found in being a fisherman. He could have explained in the moment to Jesus probably 10 different ways why it was not a good time to go fishing. Because you know, don't you, what you know. Remember, as, as we say here, what defined Peter was he was a fisherman. And often we can think that our identity is found in those sorts of things. I am what I am, so I know what I know. But rather... Peter has seen and he's heard Jesus in action. He's seen miracles, even with his own mother-in-law. He's seen Jesus talk and heard what he's saying. He's seen the crowds following. He's seen that Jesus commands authority. Jesus speaks with authority. And he knows 
that he just has to listen and he'll probably get to see something that he never even thought possible. He's seen Jesus do the impossible, so he knows that even in this moment, in his moment of of tiredness and exhaustion, his moment of, I just want to go home, he's willing to linger because he knows that Jesus can do something incredible. He says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. My question to us today is how good are we at listening remember we know what we know we are who we are the question is how good are we at listening how good are we at listening to Jesus who I can assure you who I have to assure myself very regularly that he knows best he knows best Trusting that however much we know, that God knows a lot more. However much we think we know, that the Lord knows better. It's not always easy, is it? Sometimes God calls us to step into what is completely and utterly the unknown. Sometimes he calls us to make steps that from the outside look completely ridiculous. And we can find ourselves even with friends and family saying, what are you doing? It doesn't make sense. And the only answer to it is, I know it doesn't make sense, but we believe that this is what God is telling us. So we've got to do what seems right as in accordance with what the Lord's asking us to do. And we don't go into things naively. We don't go into things without um, assessing the situation. But there's an element of faith when the Lord asks us to step We have to trust that he's in control. And this moment, when we look at a live situation, it's not a particularly life-changing situation in the sense we're going to do a little bit of fishing, we're going to do a bit of catching. But actually, it turns into a life-changing event because Peter was willing to listen and he was willing to step. And I think sometimes we look for the massive, don't we? We look for the things that seem complete like, Lord, I need a a sign, something incredible, massive, huge. And sometimes actually God works in the moment, in, in the tiny little things. But we have to be aware. We have to be listening. We have to be looking. We have to be attentive. You see, because if we if we're not, we miss that Jesus says, put out for a catch. We miss the moment because we're looking so hard for the big thing. We just need to listen and to see and be willing in those moments, church, to step. You know, we as as believers have got just a, a small part of the picture. And as we read the word of God, we get to see and understand even as we read through what the plan is. But we, we don't see the whole picture. God's got that. And it's a good job he has because we wouldn't handle it. God's got the whole picture. We have to trust though, don't we? That enables us to step into these moments. And this is where faith and obedience come into play. We step and we trust. We trust and we step. We step and we trust. We trust and we step. Because we know that God has got it. Because you say so, Lord. Because you say so. Simon Peter lets down his freshly cleaned and packed away nets into the water in for a catch. And that 
is exactly what happens. We get verse 6 and verse 7. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. So many fish that the other boat is needed. I guess at this moment they've stopped sniggering. They've stopped laughing. <laughs> Look, he's had to push out to deep white. It appears like he's caught a lot of fish. It, the, 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 the laughing has stopped. They're in now too. They're in it as well. Their nets are bursting and the boats can't handle the weight. How incredible is that? Their nets are bursting. The boats cannot handle the weight. And Simon Peter's reaction is absolutely wonderful. And we see it in verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For they were all astonished at what was happening. Peter's not in this moment. His reaction isn't, look at the fish, think of the money, look at the result. But rather this man who is on this boat, who has asked us to put out into deep water and to drop our nets for a catch, is a man who has power over sickness. I've witnessed that. I've seen that. Peter's saying, I, I know that. And not only that, but here's a man who has power an authority over the creatures of the sea. Here's a, here's a man who's in complete control of creation, the fish of the water. He knew that we would catch and we've never ever caught like this before. So much so our nets are breaking and our boats are sinking. I, I, Peter's focus is not on anything that's happening. His focus is on his heart. How can I be in the presence of somebody like this? Peter realises in this moment, this miracle that's happened because he was willing to step. Peter is now realising that he is a sinful man. And this person in front of him, Jesus, God in flesh, is exactly who he says he is. And Peter is now going I am, I cannot be here. I, I just cannot be in your presence. And Jesus' response is magnificent. He says in verse 10, don't be afraid. He says, look, don't be afraid, Peter. Let's go fish for people. It's done. Don't worry, just trust. Don't be afraid, Peter. It's time for us to go fish for people. Peter, in this moment, has reset his priorities, his order of importance. And Jesus is his number one. We see that in his reaction, that there's so many fish. The nets are breaking. The boat, the second boat has been called. They're both beginning to sink because there's so much weight, so many fish coming out of the water. It's a time when you shouldn't even be fishing because there are no fish. And now the boats are beginning to sink. And Peter's focus is now his priority. His priority now is his relationship with Jesus. It isn't anything that's going off. It's his relationship with Jesus. His priority, his order of importance. 
that Jesus is number one in this moment. Listen to this in verse 11. It gets better as Peter responds. It says, um, back to verse 10, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you'll fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. They pulled their boats on shore, the ones that were beginning to sink, the nets that are bursting from all the fish. They left the lot and they followed him. If you are a, an underliner or a, a scribbler in your Bible, and, and I am guilty of such things, I've put there where it says they left everything and followed him. It's not about the fish. It is not about the fish. In this moment, Peter and his companions have realised that there is one here who has authority over creation. There is one here who has power over sickness. They're starting to realise that this man, Jesus, is more than just a man. He is indeed God in flesh. It wasn't about the fish. It wasn't about the boat. It is about Jesus. In this moment, all that's just happened and all the excitement, the hustle and bustle, the amazement of what's just happened, it is not about any of it. It is about Jesus. He, church, is enough. He is enough. Put him first, as we see from this word, put him first and he will do the rest. Put him first and the rest will fall in place. Matt, how do you know? Because we see it in the word of God. That we, there are so many Christians that have a testimony that is just like this. God has done the rest. All we had to do was step. It's faith and obedience hand in hand. Head and heart completely in sync. And that is what the Lord calls us to, that our head and our heart are completely aligned. You see, if Peter's heart was, I want to go with Jesus, but his head was saying, well, I've got a lot of fish to sort out. He'd have missed the moment. If his uh, heart had said, I want to go and push out from shore with Jesus, but my head says, I've got to tidy up because I'm ready for bed. He'd have missed the miracle. You see, church, we have to have our head and our heart completely in sync. Faith and obedience that we trust and we step. And as I said to you, the question would come today that we would ask ourselves from one through ten, from one being the most important, ten being the least important. What are the priorities in our life? Where does God feature in that one to ten? And immediately your heart says number one. But what does your head say? It's such a challenge for us, church. And here we see that Peter, in a moment of so many decisions, other decisions he could have made, and rightly, as you look at it from the outside. But of course, Peter was focused on who was with him. He was focused on Jesus, and he knew that Jesus was enough. If he could have a miracle catch today, then he could have a miracle catch tomorrow. And if, he, if uh, in the moment where he felt like he couldn't provide, he knew that God would provide. You know, um, we see that God, his name is Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. 
He, he, we, we can't mess about with that. We have to take it for what it is. It's faith and obedience. God, will you supply my need? Well, I've said I will. So trust me. I, well, I will, but after I've sorted this out and got myself ready and set up. No, trust me and I'll do the rest. And church, it's a great challenge for us today that God will meet our need, but we have to put him first. So think about that scale for yourself in your life today. Where does he feature? Is he in that top spot? Is he running a close second? Is he third, fourth, fifth? Is he even featuring? You see, the Bible tells us that we are to put him as number one in our life. And that is where he should be as Christians. Peter learned a valuable lesson. And he saw an incredible miracle and he trusted that Jesus was enough. He trusted Jesus in the moment and he saw the miracle. <clears throat> he trusted Jesus in the moment and he saw the miracle. What about you and me? What about us today? Are you ready to step? Are you ready to trust? Are you ready to reset your priorities? Peter said this, he said, because you say so, because you say so, Lord, because you say so. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word once again today. We thank you for its encouragement, for its blessing. And Father, I just pray that you would help us as your church to have our head and our heart in sync that you would help us to operate in faith and obedience. Father, too, that you would help us to keep you as number one in our life, knowing, Lord, that you're in control of all things, that you are enough. And, Father, you have got it in hand. So, Lord, help us and strengthen us in these times, we pray. Just continue to be with us, guide us, we ask. All of these things we bring before you in the name of our precious Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.